Thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome to the show Jake Tapper, of course, a broadcaster with uh, CNN, also a New York Times bestselling author, and he has a brand new book, a thriller called All the Demons Are Here from Little Brown and Company. Jake, welcome to the show. And I remember um, growing up that I always thought, is it a novel or is it nonfiction? And then I wrote, read I, Claudius by Robert Graves, and I'm like, oh, that's how you do it. You're making up stuff, but almost like 90% of it is is real, too. What What is it like when you kind of marry the two together? You know, it, it, the first time, so I've I've written three of these now, and the first one I wrote, it was kind of uncomfortable at first, you know, like taking real people like Joe McCarthy and Roy Cohn and Dwight Eisenhower. In the first draft, I was a little uncomfortable with it, but then you just have to you just have to give yourself over to it. And as long as you're not being untrue to who those people were, um, you just have to expect that people will they they want to do it. It's historical fiction. They understand it's not real but they've come for an adventure with these people. And the first one I read, well, Gore Vidal did some great ones, but also The Alienist had, you know, Teddy Roosevelt as the New York police commissioner, by Caleb Carr, I think. And um, so it, it's fun. By the second book, I was uh, having my characters interact with the Rat Pack, and I was much more comfortable with it, having Frank Sinatra as a big character. And then this one was a lot of fun, too. Uh, I had uh, I have Evil Knievel as a big character. Um, and one of my main characters works for Evil Knievel. And Evil Knievel, I didn't, I knew a lot about Sinatra already for the second book. Um, but I didn't know a ton about Evil Knievel. Um, I, I was not a fan growing up. Um, I didn't dislike him. I just didn't know much about him. His, his charm eluded me, even if my friends had the lunchbox and, and, the, and the like. And um, so I learned a lot about him. And he really is such a fascinating, quintessentially American character, just the showmanship and the salesmanship and the bravado. And so it was a lot of fun to learn about him and, and, and write, write him. Um, and so it's fun. I mean, really, honestly, for anybody who's like a history buff, but also likes fiction, also likes a, a good yarn, it's a lot of fun to give yourself over to the historical fiction uh, as, as a project. I'm a couple of years older than you, and I, of course, had the little Evil Knievel toy. Do you remember the live, I don't know what to call it, rocket jump over the Snake River that fizzled? I, I mean, I, I don't remember it. I, I studied it for this book. Um, it was, uh, your memory is right, it was like, it was 1974. It was one of the first uh, pay-per-view events, um, and it was a huge failure. Um, but that was, like, probably his peak. Uh, he was on the cover of Rolling Stone, on the cover of Sports Illustrated, although it's really very difficult to call that a sport. I mean, he was basically just in a, <clears throat> you know, a roadrunner, a wily coyote rocket ship um, of sorts. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, that was a, a huge moment uh, in his life. And then it kind of set the scene for his downfall in 1977, because he had this uh, PR agent um, named uh, Shelley Saltman, who was recording everything, and then in 1977, and I have this in, in my novel, uh, comes out with a book, an, uh, a tell-all, about his time with Evil Knievel based on you know, his recordings of his conversations, uh, and it doesn't make Evil Knievel look particularly good because, quite honestly, Evil Knievel was not a particularly good guy. <laughs> I mean, he might have been a very uh, inspiring character for the likes of Johnny Knoxville and Tony Hawk, but he was not a particularly <laughs> a good moral character. Uh, and um, this doesn't spoil the novel at all, but uh, 
um, Evil Knievel then, you know, tracked down uh, Shelly Saltman and with a thug with a baseball bat and beat him up, and then Evil Knievel went to prison. And um, that was kind of the, the beginning of the end for Evil Knievel's career. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, really fascinating, fascinating character. Speaking of PR, and I, I know I'm getting off on another tangent here, but I interviewed uh, Jim Mahoney a couple weeks ago. He's 94, and he was Sinatra's uh, sort of PR fixer guy. And he was very adamant about that Frank wasn't in the mob. It's just that if he was going to work in Vegas, he had to deal with the mob. Is that kind of like what you found, too? Yeah, I mean, I don't think... Um, so the second book is based on a, on a true story, which is that... Um, Sinatra, after helping get JFK elected, wanted President Kennedy to stay with him at his Rancho Mirage um, compound and even had it built out, had a helipad installed, had some phone lines installed for the press, had rooms built. And then uh, Attorney General Bobby Kennedy ultimately said, no, you can't stay there. This is after the dad had a stroke, and so there wasn't that shit to cash in for Sinatra. And um, the book is based on, in the book I have Attorney General Kennedy basically blackmailing my characters to go out there and figure out, is Sinatra really mobbed up or is it just kind of an act? And, yeah, I don't think he was in the mob, but he certainly was pals with them. And, you're, and, and Mahoney's right. I mean, back then, if you wanted to play in Vegas, if you wanted to play in nightclubs, uh, you, you needed to at least be friends with these guys. Now, that said, I mean, I think Sinatra... I think Sinatra thought it made him tough and cool. I mean, I think he, I think he embraced it, you know. And and like he shared, he shared a girlfriend with uh, Sam Giancana, and they also shared her with President Kennedy. I mean, that's not, mm. you know, that's I, no. I wonder who that uh, is. Judith Exner, you know that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, a couple more questions for Jake Tapper. The new book, "All the Demons Are Here." Just with your job, you know, the, the, the days of Tip O'Neill and Reagan arguing and then getting a drink after uh, are, are done. The, re- yeah. the relentless criticism that anyone who does your job, you know, uh, is going to get or, you know, maybe praise you don't even need or, or, or you know, deserve. But just the relentless um, avalanche of that type of stuff. Do you have to turn a complete blind eye to it to to sort of survive? Yeah, I mean, look. Uh, uh, first of all, with in this age of social media, um, there's just so much criticism that you can't, you literally cannot say or do anything without somebody criticizing it. Right. Um, so I, I just can't listen to that. Second of all, in this era of um, silos, um, where people can go and. I mean, there's a channel if you only want to hear good things about Democrats and Joe Biden. I mean, the channel's right there. You can turn it on and never hear anything negative about Democrats and Joe Biden. It's right there. It's not my channel. I don't. CNN is not that channel. But there's one right there if you want to listen to it. And then there's another one if you only want to hear only want to hear negative things about Democrats and Joe Biden. <laughs> That's a different channel. Again, not CNN. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean, and 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 that those channels condition people to expect a certain thing that they're not going to find on CNN. So that also affects people i just have to call balls and strikes and um expect that reasonable people from all political persuasions uh that i'm speaking for them and reporting for them and and hope that uh that's who's watching and let the chips fall where they may but but um you know i am not i am truly a political independent and 
there are certain facts that are, you know, that I accept that conservatives are focusing. Like Matt Gates is talking about the $33 trillion national debt, and he's right. That's appalling. And the government's not doing anything about it. Now, is Matt Gates doing anything about it? I, I would argue that he's not. But he's not wrong that that is a problem and that the interest that the U.S. government pays on that debt every year uh, should concern everyone, including progressives, because that's money that could be better spent on education or health care or nutrition or whatever. So, um, you know, I, I'm not here to say that any party has the answers or has the right approach, but certainly I see a lot of wrong approaches. All right, very nicely said. Your book, All the Demons Are Here, we know that your book, The Outpost, was made into a film. So you know that's, as you're writing it, that's a possibility. Are you envisioning an actor and an actress, what have you, or do you kind of put that out of your head for now? I put it out of my head, but the good news is the second book in the series, um, Christian Slater uh, has expressed interest in playing uh, Charlie, the main character, uh, who's in all three of the books. And um, we're actually talking to a big major streamer about that happening. This is the one that features Sinatra and President Kennedy and mm-hmm. the like. And uh, so hopefully that will actually happen. We have a major showrunner and a major uh, streamer and Christian Slater, and we're going to actually have a Zoom meeting on this on uh, on Friday at noon. We've all just been sitting patiently waiting for the writer's strike to end, and now it's over, thank God, so we can... Yeah, I mean, that I, that wasn't necessarily who I was envisioning, but he, I met him, and I said, you would be a great Charlie, and I sent him the book, uh, and he, thank God he liked it, and uh, now we're off and running, so we'll see, we'll, you know, wish us luck, because getting anything <laughs> from from the page to the screen is a, is a, is, is, takes a miracle, so prayers appreciated. I mean, I'm sure there are many, many, much more important things that your, your listeners can pray for, but, you know, if you have an extra one, throw it, throw it away. <laughs> I know you got to run. Last question for you. As an aside, it, it just seems like any type of Republican debate, Trump doesn't even need to go. It, it looks like he's going to be the the candidate, and it it looks like Joe Biden is going to be the candidate. And you know, it's it, it's too bad that it's only two parties, and we only get two choices, and it's the same two. Uh, old guys, and it's so polarizing again. My, I guess my question is, is there a chance it could be someone else besides those two gentlemen? I mean, there's always a chance. I mean, I think it's, you know, it's it's obviously more likely that it would be not Trump than it would be not Biden, just because Biden is the incumbent, pres- incumbent president. I asked uh, one of my favorite Republican pollsters, uh, Kristen Soltys-Anderson, who's a frequent guest, she said it's probably a one in ten chance that it not be Trump, um, but but you know still nine in ten that it would be. One of the things I you know I often think about is I'm a trustee of my college of my alma mater, and we just we just got a new president, this awesome woman um, named Sion Bylock, who's just so impressive. And the way that the trustees found her um, was you know they hired a search committee. There there. Are, I mean, a search organization. There are you know organizations that do this. This is their bread and butter, and they engage in these deep international searches and find the best people in the world and interview them and interview their friends and review like their life's work and you know just these intensive processes. And you know what I just would put to anybody listening right now is if 
the United States Congress did that, hired one of these search organizations, these search businesses, to find the next president of the United States, and like came back with 10 uh, resumes. Where, where do you think um, Donald Trump and Joe Biden would be on that, on that list? <laughs> or, or do you think maybe they, would, do you think maybe they wouldn't be on it? That's, that's just, I leave it to you. You, 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 make, you make up your mind on that. Yeah, I, I, but it's you know, just something I think about sometimes. You know, baseball kind of did that with Bart Giamatti. It's like, let's just get a baseball fan who's really, really smart. And that, that right. didn't last, unfortunately. All right. It's Jake Tapper, yeah. the New York Times bestselling author, of course, on CNN, but the new book from Little Brown and Company, All the Demons Are Here. Jake, congratulations on the book, and thanks for coming by. Thank you. Really appreciate it.